go. Welcome to the Woodward's Filmcast with Mitch Abba and Colin Ward. Let's go and make the greatest movie ever. Yeah. All right. Camera. What the hell is going on? What a piece of junk. That's really not the case here. This is a great script. Look, here's the mic. Now you talk towards it. Here's your host, Kale Davidoff. Colin, there's a report in the Los Angeles Times that a section of the San Andreas Fault close to Los Angeles is overdue for a major earthquake. Well, thank God you're there. Well, it, I'm surprised I wasn't the catalyst for the the uh, earthquake here. I, I feel like maybe my presence here would just start one right away. Well, <laughs> you've really shaken things up. <laughs> uh, so I, I, I'm... I asked you this earlier, moments ago, but have you uh, have you ever felt an earthquake before? Uh, no, no, I I, I haven't. Apparently, there's been some in Michigan. Yeah, yeah. But I've never felt that. No. Because when it happens in Michigan, I I think it's bullshit. I always like well, it's not that it's bullshit because like obviously they can tell if there's an earthquake, but I, when people are like, <laughs> I, I totally felt it, man. I'm like, no, you didn't. No, no, I just, I just think it's my like upstairs neighbor walking around or something. <laughs> yeah, that's a, that's a, that. So I used to have neighbors in college. I thought were doing um, sack racing every night. <laughs> and I'm just assuming that's what it's gonna feel like when I, when I feel my first California earthquake. Hey, yeah. um, everyone, welcome to the Woolworths Filmcast, your Detroit podcast for film, TV news, and discussion. Uh, my name is Kale Davidoff. I'm here with my friend. Colin Ward. Uh, me, Colin, and usually Mitch get together every week to discuss a movie in great detail, go into some TV movie headlines, and give some recommendations at the end of the show. Um, Colin, Mitch is in Belize. He is. So he was. Not, he will not be joining us today as we discuss uh, the new edition and maybe the last edition to a certain section of the X-Men series. We'll, we'll get into that. Uh, Logan, oh. the... Uh, mm-hmm. The uh, swan song for Hugh Jackman, X Men character that came out this past weekend, and that has been uh, the talk of the town, so to speak. Um, we'll get into that later. We're, we're then. Sorry, sorry, my computer. Sorry, my my computer sometimes likes to um, turn the volume off on me randomly. Okay, so it's back. Oh, that yeah, that that, that can happen. It's it's sent, is your computer sentient? It's like, what is this annoying guy talking? I must turn this off. <laughs> That's exactly it. <laughs> these these computers have gotten so smart. <laughs> um, so let's get into some news. I mean, I, I guess the you know the biggest news we're going to talk about is the Oscars, Colin. That's big news. Big news. You know, you know what went with you know what went off without a hitch, without any problems. No, <laughs> the awards. We were fine. Oh, well, doy, yeah. Our, our little award show that was out last week, you can uh, take a look at it on, on our RSS feed and and, and uh, iTunes and all that junk. Um, the awards, our, our award show went great, and we did it across 1,500 miles, and it still worked out right. Yeah, come on, Price Waterhouse Cooper. Get, <laughs> get your stuff together. <laughs> our accounting firm was much more solid. Yes. <laughs> um. Which was you, basically. Yeah. 
<laughs> I guess you know. I guess if we've learned anything here, it's it's that if if one person just organizes it all, that's that's how easy it's going to go. We, <laughs> unlike the Oscars, we did not um, have a snafu and and name uh, the wrong winner for the best picture award for the awards. But uh, Colin, this is our first time talking about the Oscars since the huge snafu. Hey, how about uh, before we get into it, let's just talk about the Oscars themselves in terms of the awards and stuff. What was your <laughs> You know, what, what, let's let's walk through it. What were your biggest takeaways from the winners uh, a, a, a Sunday ago? Was that last Sunday? Yeah, basically. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, my takeaway from the winners is that a lot of people were split on things this year, I think. And I think we see that with it's so many different things getting awarded throughout the night. So you're me- meaning like nothing, obviously nothing really swept anything. Yeah, yeah. I mean, you still had La La Land, which won the most. Yeah, five? Um, I believe so. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Um, so, I mean, and that was expected going into that, but it didn't win nearly as many things as I thought it was going to win, which I was pleased about. Um, what didn't it win, besides Best Picture, which I think we all thought was going to win, mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. what else? It missed something else, too. Screenplay? It didn't get screenplay. It didn't get either of the sound awards. Oh, that's yeah. That you know what? That's kind of horseshit. I think. Is it mixing? Yeah, yeah. I, that was the bigger of the two surprises. Yeah, mixing to me, it's like just based on that opening scene. I mean, there's so much going on there. That's it's it's more than just the song. First, of, I don't know. Yeah. Whatever. I guess I'm not an engineer. I don't really know uh, enough to. Uh, give a too valid of an opinion, but it's just surprising, I guess. You know, a musical, mm-hmm. you you just inherently got layers. I mean, like a war movie, exactly. or but you know. And uh, the other one they didn't take um, that was surprising to me was editing, which also went to Hacksaw Ridge. Yeah, what was with that? So you you saw Hacksaw Ridge, I I didn't. You know, what do you make of it? It, it won some stuff, which I don't know if it, anyone really thought it would. Yeah, yeah. I mean. I always said it's a lot better of a movie than what I thought it was going to be. I, it didn't crack my my top ten or my top you know twenty, but it, it's still a good movie. I mean, it's really technically well made. Um, I have some problems with like the story structure and, and mm. what the movie is trying to say, but um, I mean, it, it's it's a really really well made movie. Okay, so it's your and your mind is deserving for the technical awards it got. Yeah, yeah. I mean, for for mixing, I mean, I think it's deserving. I and the editing never struck me as being like really great. Like that wasn't the thing that I walked away with mm-hmm. that movie. But I only saw it the one time, so may, maybe it is doing really good stuff with editing. But I would think maybe it's just a case of most is best. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, I was really surprised by that the editing i mean yeah. you know i i just to me i th- don't you usually say this that like when you win best director like you know really you should win best movie right like i i sometimes it goes, i mean it goes not handed well i not always but when you win i always say when you win a majority of the technical right things like it's weird that you don't win so like the way the way that the way that Mad Max kind of cleaned up last year but didn't win Best Picture. Exactly, exactly. I, I mean, I just think that, like, you know, movies like Moonlight that won Best Picture and movies like 
La La Land that won Best Director. Um, I just, I mean, I just, both of those movies were impeccably edited, mm-hmm. and I, it's just bizarre to me that it would go to an outlier. Yeah. Um, but you know, obviously, look, I haven't seen Hacksaw Ridge, so I guess. I, you know, I, I am swayed to see it more now than I ever... I really had no interest of in seeing it after some of the reviews came out. Mm-hmm. But, uh, you know, you said it's better than I than you thought it was. And the technical awards, I mean, I, I always have an appreciation for that watching a movie. So I'm, I'm going to see Hacksaw Ridge soon. Uh, yeah, well, now I think, it, you know, you might get like a reverse things <laughs> of that. Now, now that it's one thing, now you're expecting it to be, you know, better than what it is. Right. Um, what else? What else shocked you? Any, I mean, other things that shocked me: Suicide Squad winning for makeup. Crazy, right? Um, <laughs> that was seriously. I mean, and, and that nothing, was strange. Nothing against the movie. I mean, because that you know that's an individual aspect of of the technical war. You know, like it, it doesn't have to be a good movie for it to to have great makeup and hairstyle. But I was surprised by it, mm-hmm. um, yeah. especially since I, I thought Star Trek was so. You, you talk about more is better. I mean, you feel like Star Trek would yeah, uh, definitely fall into that category. Yeah, I, 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 I quite frankly don't understand that one. <laughs> I do want to point out, I think it's fair to point out for, for DC, um, and I think this is true. I've, I've, I've done my research that uh, Marvel, the Marvel movies, have not won uh, an Oscar before. Oh and no. <laughs> so and so DC has officially done that before uh Marvel. And, you know, that's not including Nolan movies, which obviously won for Heath Ledger, but um you know, the DC universe, the new the new stuff. Mm, yeah, so yeah. so they uh they they're step ahead of the game in one aspect. The only aspect. <laughs> <laughs> what else? What else happened at the Oscars besides the uh, big thing? Let's see. Um, City of Stars won. Did, was, was that was that did you were you surprised that La La Land didn't divide its votes for original song no i'm not i was hoping it would but um i'm not surprised that it that it won that uh and just after listening to them too like <laughs> i i had a group of group of people over and some people didn't see la la land and uh they heard john Le- john Le- uh, legend perform and they're like that's a boring song <laughs> <laughs> They're like, how's that in a musical? Yeah, I know. I did like the because uh, John Legend did uh, the audition, the Fools Who Dream song, and mm-hmm. City of Stars into one little medley. That was kind of cool, though. I, I thought that was a good arrangement. Yeah, um, yeah. But yeah, it didn't seem. It didn't seem. Uh, I don't know, bombastic like a musical would. I mean, again, we've said this over and over and over again, but. Another Day of Sun and Someone in the Crowd. I mean, those are fucking awesome musical songs. <laughs> and yeah. it's just bizarre to me. But they got they put the right one in because it won. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, let's see. As far then as far as um uh just other winners go, uh the only other one that I think surprised me was uh costume design. I'm not upset by this by Fantastic Beats winning costumes i just didn't think it was going to yeah that, that's uh that surprised the hell out of me um but i i think it's very deserved um yeah really the, the whole des- overall design of that movie was fucking awesome mm-hmm. um i think that's a movie that kind of got forgotten do you feel that way 
just in general, not from the Oscars, but just like, you know, you, you think about all the other franchise franchise movies from 2016. I feel like that one's kind of just didn't yeah. have the the post yeah, I, I think you're right right on that one. Um, I mean, I know a lot of people saw it. I know a lot of people who I personally know who saw it, and it, it did pretty well at the box office. But yeah, I, as far as like discussion after the yeah. movie, yeah, I didn't really hear a lot of that. Um, so I think it's good, you know, good for them because this will kind of, you know, nothing, nothing gets people continuing to talk about your movie more than, you know, an Oscar win. So mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it's pretty cool. Um, what about, uh, what about Manchester's two wins? Did you see that? I mean, did you really think that was going to happen? Both of them? I, I did. Yeah. I thought it would get the screenplay one. Uh, I was pushing or hoping for Denzel. Yeah, the, me too. And the it, actor one. Didn't it look like, uh, first of all, you, you noticed that like Brie Larson didn't clap for Casey Affleck? Yes, yes. And Denzel looked pissed off. I I must have missed that. I didn't see it. You got, yeah, look it up afterward. Like he, he literally, I mean, Casey Affleck said he was gracious. He said, uh, you know, I've le- I learned about acting through Denzel Washington, basically. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, he looked pissed. He looked well, uh, legitimately pissed. I was too. So very weird. Yeah, so was I. Um, I'm sorry, uh, I- Isabel Huppert didn't win for you. Mm, yeah. Um, but you know, Emma Stone's got that Oscar out of the way now. Yeah. <laughs> and really, I was, thinking, I was thinking it's like it's gonna be one of those. I think her win is gonna be like one of those ones that we're gonna see Emma Stone like 30 years from now and be like, oh yeah, she won that. Oscar for that musical movie a while right, back. Right. <laughs> remember La La Land? Yeah. Yeah. When they, when, <laughs> we'll be like, remember La La Land when they didn't make musicals? <laughs> um, but speaking of Emma Stone, um, she really won twice. <laughs> How? What? With the with the the fucking snafu at the end there. Oh. <laughs> so like, what did what? Let's talk about the big thing with Trino. How much more can you say about this? It's already been a week. We're a little late to the show here on um <laughs> on the uh, the Steve Harvey Oscar Warren Beatty thing. Um, what was going on there? You had a bunch of people over, right? I did, but everyone left Shut by the, the time. Shut the fuck up! Really? By the t- well, not they didn't leave like after La La Land was um, right, but they was named. Yeah. But they 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 left you know before they got into like the bigger categories. So like we've said multiple times, like this is a fucking long show, and a lot of my friends had work in the morning, so right. they're like, I'll watch the rest in bed at home. Um, I will so, say, yeah. sorry, it is fascinating because I'm in LA. It's fascinating how like you know it's done by eight thirty. Like, yeah. it's really funny. Like, I didn't know what to do with the rest of my night. Usually it's like, when the Oscars are done, it's like, I'm exhausted, I'm ready to go to sleep. But, um, yeah, it's, it's it's weird, man. The time zone thing's fucked up. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so everyone left. And uh, I, I was still watching. I had my drink, and I was making make the mark on my ballot that La La Land won. And I'm like, okay, well, they won. I don't really care to see their hear their or see their acceptance speech. Uh so I go into the kitchen and I start doing some dishes. No way. I swear to you. Yeah. And then I hear, oh, we didn't win, by the way. And I go, oh, what is, did like someone like bum rush the stage or and say something's 
do a Kanye. Yeah, and and then I hear there's been a mistake. I throw a plate and I come sprinting back to the TV, and I I I I felt like I was gonna have a heart attack. <laughs> That's crazy. Well, you also so what was your final count by the way? How many you got right? With with the correction, yeah. I would have. 18 out of 24. So so yeah, you texted us and and like pretty much right after La La Land won, you just said 1824. <laughs> and yeah, then yeah. and then there was like a moment you come back and you're like, "Well, 1724, <laughs> but it's worth it." Yeah. <laughs> um I was I was watching it uh at my friend's house here in, in LA and uh you could tell. Like it was really weird. Like we were like, "What's going on?" Like everyone behind them was like, well, mm-hmm. "Something's wrong." It is so crazy. I think. What is your take? Do you, what is your take on it? Just the way it went down. And everything. I mean, do you ever think? Like to me, I don't know if you feel this way. That's the kind of shit that happens. Like, no, that I'm sorry, that never happens. That like when when I was like, when I was like seven, and the Red Wings would lose a game, I would be like, you know, you're like hoping in your mind, you're praying as a kid, like, oh, they're <laughs> gonna come out and say that that goal in the first period by the Avalanche didn't count. Yeah. And this is literally what fucking happened. Like, this doesn't ever happen in anything. Yeah. I mean, this is, like, crazier than the election. Because it's, like, because, you know, they, they announced it. They, like, came out and there was this big celebration. And then they were like, nope, never mind. I've just never, ever thought I'd see anything like this. It's the thing of childhood hopes that would never happen. Well, yeah, because it's literally the easiest fucking thing in the world to give someone the right envelope. Yes, it makes no sense. Um, so, what do you think? Do you think there's? Are you a conspiracy conspiracy theorist here? Do you think someone was trying to? Uh, someone was trying to have La La Land win? No. <laughs> well, no. I just don't understand why Warren Beatty just didn't be like, or or Faye Dunaway be like, hey, this is the wrong card. Well, you know, Warren <laughs> Beatty did. Solved. Warren Beatty did, and Faye Dunaway was like, "Ah, fuck it." <laughs> she was like, "La La Land." Like, no, what? he didn't. He didn't say a fucking word. He just like showed her the card. Yeah, and she he, saw La. She looked down. She saw La La Land, so she just said La La Land. But she was like, she. I mean, he was like, this is. He kind of like showed her, like this is. The, like, I don't know. I felt like he could have done more. There's no question. Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. but he's getting such a a bad rap out of this, and it really, it's more her fault. I guess, yeah. But he was the one holding the card, and yes, first opened it and saw Emma Stone. Like the easiest thing to like say would be like, as much as I like to award Emma Stone for best picture, right? Like a joke, you guys, yeah. you guys just I've been given the wrong card, right? And I mean, as much as I love that Moonlight won and um, uh, that, made, that made me very happy they won. One, it sucks for everyone for, for La La Land. Oh, yeah. That oh, they yeah. made their speeches, they have their Oscars, and then it's like just taken away. But it also, it sucks for Moonlight that Moonlight didn't get like the proper like reveal right. that they should have and like had their music playing as they're walking up to the stage. Like, um, like I like I said, I'm extremely happy that they won, but it it, it was like strangely anticlimactic that the movie but, I won. But it was also won. like I just feel like you know it's gonna put them in. 
I like I think it did more for Moonlight than I, I'm not saying that this is the best way for it to go down, but there's no question in my mind that so many more people knew what Moonlight was after Sunday night. Yeah. Um, oh, yeah. Rather than if it had just won Best Picture. Like, I still think a lot of people don't know what the fuck Spotlight is. I mean, I, I, a bunch of my friends have never even heard of that movie. Yeah. Um, and so, but everyone I know, is this, you know, this is the big talk of the town now. Um, so... You know, in a way, it's it's better publicity for them. But I get what you're saying. Of course, that's that's the way. You know, for example, there's a great article in Variety the day after the Oscars between it was like an interview between mm-hmm. Damien yeah. Giselle and Barry Jenkins. Did you re- read that? I did. Yeah, it was, it was great. It was nice. It was the day after the Oscars, and I kind of I'm not sure if this is true, but I think that you know the idea there was they were gonna they were gonna interview whoever won Best Picture. Mm-hmm. And they ended up doing both of them. And, and you know, even though it's a great article, that's kind of messed up, right? Like, almost like Damien Chazelle is getting, he's getting the award even though he didn't get the award. Yeah. Th- that that kind of sucks. It does, yeah. Especially because he technically didn't win. I mean, I mean like, picture. even 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 if Damien, Ch- if, if La La Land won Best Picture, like, Damien Chazelle like didn't get the Oscar for Best Picture. Yeah, right, right. <laughs> Which, by the way, a lot has been made of Jordan Horowitz, the producer who handled it really, really well on stage. Yes, yes, he did. Yeah. Um, you know, a lot has been made about that's what producers do. They, the good producers, are calm under ridiculous, high tense, uh, stressful situations, which is absolutely true. Um, and yeah, you know, a lot goes out to him for being. Mm-hmm. Cool, and you know, a lot of people have made uh, point of this, and I think it's it's worth repeating that one of the best things he did, or anyone has done, uh, in the Oscars ever was was show the card. Um, you know what I mean? Like, so yeah. That, so that there's no like immediately there was no doubt. Like he showed the card that said Moonlight Best Picture. Mm-hmm. Um, instead of having, you know, if that didn't happen, then you got people going, oh, I don't know, did it actually win? Like, why, you know, blah, blah, blah. And also, shout out to the cameraman <laughs> who, who zoomed in on that and got yeah. it in focus right away. <laughs> like, a lot of people, like, the thing about live TV that a lot of people don't appreciate is that shit like that can go down. And, and the people in the technical directing room and shit, I mean, they're still on their game. You know, mm-hmm. they're not they're not getting wound up in this situation. They're just there to cover it. And that's I don't know. Shout out to the team that was there filming and directing and technical directing that whole program because uh, they did good in, in a fucked up situation. Yeah. I just um, think thank yeah. God that wasn't the reverse though, that they said moonlight and it was actually La La Land. Yeah. Oh God. Thank, that, thank God that wasn't the case. It could have been worse, yes. Ooh. <laughs> Do you think so? So, and and I don't, I'm not really, I don't want to read into this too much. But Barry Jenkins went up there, and he said, even in my dreams, he said, even in my dreams, this can't be real. But he said something like along the lines of, but forget dreams, this is real, this is reality. Yeah. You think he was throwing? You think in the in the moment there he was throwing some shade at La La Land, meaning, <laughs> meaning, I mean, you know, seriously, like unabashedly. I mean, Damien Chazelle would agree with this. That La La Land's a fantasy. It's a movie about dreams. Whilst Moonlight is a much more grounded, realistic portrayal of uh, the rough parts of the Miami area. <laughs> I mean, no. do you th- did you? 
I don't Am I reading too much into Barry Jenkins being like, fuck dreams, this is reality? I no, I, I don't I don't think you're one hundred percent wrong there. <laughs> I just seemed it seemed a little on the nail, uh, for me. Which you know, <laughs> you yeah. know, he, he probably wasn't prepared to go up there and make a best picture speech, anyways. But definitely not after he heard another movie and won it. Right, right. Very interesting. I'm I am so glad that Moonlight won. Did you know that Moonlight reportedly, I guess, was a 1.5 million dollar movie, and that is the cheapest best picture winner since Rocky in 1976. That's crazy. And uh, you know, I I don't want to undersell all the other. historical moments and winners from from this year's Oscars, which was a much more diverse uh, group of winners and nominees than previous years. But to me, honestly, as a filmmaker, uh, as someone who's come out here to L.A. to to do crazy stuff, um, the idea that a movie that inexpensive could be the best picture of the year is pretty inspirational. It is, yeah. Um, And it doesn't look that cheap. I mean, it no. looks, it's amazing. I, I was astounded when I heard that. I mean, it feels expensive, even for a relatively simple movie. Yeah. So, I mean, everyone on that crew, uh, fuck, they all deserve an Oscar. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, uh, any, anything else? What, what other Oscar, Oscar thoughts you got? I thought Jimmy Kimmel was incredible. Oh, yeah, me too. Like maybe the best host in recent memory for me. What was your favorite part of the night for him? Oh God. <laughs> there was so many. I loved when he, uh, when he drops down all the, all the food. I like that. Like that was a fun way to like keep people entertained. Uh, I liked the bit when he brought in the tourist. Me too. I thought that was hilarious. But- but it went on just a hair too long. It, it did, but <laughs> like that was one of the. It's, that's like a Family Guy joke that goes on too long, but you start laughing because it's going on too long. Yeah. Like I felt I was. It was so uncomfortable that it was really funny. And then uh, he did something with. He did a lot of things with Matt Damon, but one of them really, uh, I remember really liking too. But I forget which one it was. Well, they they had this thing throughout the night of people watching movies that inspired them. Yeah, and that then, was it. And they yeah. cut and they cut to Jimmy Kimmel watching We Bought a Zoo. <laughs> I was crying. I was literally I, I thought that was so fucking funny. It was great. Um and then I also loved I couldn't believe like when he texted Trump and oh, said, great. Hey, you up? <laughs> <laughs> oh my god, that was funny. Did you know that um I guess there was supposed to be something at the end there with Matt Damon. They were planning something at the end with the two of them, but then they ended up not doing it because of the fuck up. Yeah, right, yeah. Which is a shame. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know, I feel like Matt Damon really got hammered the whole night. That's uh, good. It's all good. And, and with him playing whenever Matt Damon spoke when they were presenting the screenplay, and he would Cue the Play band. music. <laughs> <laughs> oh, you know, uh, what about uh? Sorry to backtrack here a little bit. I'm just kind of looking through the uh, the nominees and the nominations and the winners and all that stuff. Uh, what do you think about Zootopia? Were you surprised by that winning? Uh, surprised? No, I thought maybe. 
we get a, a, a get a different one maybe but um yeah i i'm not 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 surprised what about uh what about the the eight hour long oj documentary <sighs> again again not surprised i i actually don't think a lot of people who voted for that actually watched all eight hours of it but um i don't I, again i mean i i've said my i know my, i just i don't think it should be in consideration oh, cool. for that but um cool cool <laughs> <laughs> sure oj was responsible for oscars and golden globes this year what i said oj was responsible for oscar winners and golden globe winners this year yeah he's still relevant in 2017 and still in jail um what else? there was something else that uh I want to say, but then forgot. Oh, oh, I. They didn't do um, throughout the night like you know they typically be like here's one of your best picture nominees, and then they showed like a package of clips and scenes from the movie. They didn't do any of that this year. Yeah, yeah, they didn't. But they did. Which, inter- they like introduced them all though, didn't they? I don't even remember if they did that. But yeah, they didn't really do the whole thing. So like I so like when we got to like get them going through the nine best pictures, I was like, oh yeah, that thing's dominated. <laughs> like I don't I, I don't know. It almost didn't feel like special. Like you were leading up to to this award. It was just like all of a sudden best picture. Right. And I don't even and I don't even know what the nominees are. That was I mean, yeah. That was I, I mean that was I, I do, but I I know what they are. But you know, an average walker watcher maybe not. Right. That's interesting. I, I wonder if that's a an attempt for them to be shorter, which didn't really help. <laughs> no. Did you think uh, the in memoriam section? And Sarah Bareilles did an amazing job. You know, yeah. I'm not going to deny her that. But I thought that it was a little underwhelming. <laughs> I just felt like I don't know. I don't know. Like there was so much. There's so many celebrity deaths last year. Mm-hmm. I guess I, I I expected it to be. A little more uh, pop and circumstance. I guess it doesn't have to be, and it shouldn't be. But um, yeah, I don't know. Were you were you pleased with it? Or did you get your cathartic uh, memoriam sensation going? Um, correct appropriately. It, no, <laughs> it, it it they go they go by so quickly. I know. That, um, I was mostly just listening to Sarah Bareilles and thought that she was sounding great. <laughs> She is great. I I love Sarah Bareilles. She's yeah. awesome. Um, is it true that they put someone who didn't die in the memoriam package? I don't know if that's true or not. Yes, they. <laughs> I, I think it was a costume designer. They it, the person the name died, but the picture was of someone else who was still living. <laughs> um, which is really fucked up. Yeah. Uh. <laughs> But uh, what are you going to do? I guess whoever screwed that up doesn't feel as bad as the person who gave the wrong envelope to Warren Beatty. No, no. And apparently it's because he was tweeting the whole night. Yes, that's what what they're saying. This is another reason why I just don't use Twitter. Yep. My life would be much better if I didn't use Twitter, Colin. Mm -hmm. But uh, what are you going to do? It's the world we live in. 
Uh, any other Oscar thoughts? No, it was it was a really I thought it was a really really good show, really yeah. well presented show. I agree, I agree. Um, before we get down to Logan, which I'm excited to talk with you about, let's just a couple quick hits here in the news landscape. Um, so Disney announced that there's going to be another Indiana Jones movie, Colin. Mm-hmm. Like officially, it was on the the Disney website. Coming out in uh, 2019. They already have a release date. July 19th, 2019. They're going to have the next Indiana Jones movie that will reunite Steven Spielberg as a director. He says he's helming this project, Colin. Um, And uh, Frank Marshall and Kathy Kennedy, producers of the other ones, are also back. Uh, Colin, do you have any hot takes here on uh, what will be the fifth Indiana Jones movie? I mean... I'm excited to see anything that Steven Spielberg directs. Really? Um, yeah, I am. <laughs> I am. I, why, why wouldn't I be? I don't know. I love him, too. Like, look, that's my man. But uh, I don't know. I don't know. I, I had a, I just, I this had isn't a his bread and butter anymore. He, I he had a butt to what I was saying. Okay, what's your butt? <laughs> what's your butt, Colin? Give me your butt. But this is a... A series that like was people really asking for this and if they were asking for it why not shift it over to someone else I mean that's the popular trend right now is to reboot a franchise so right with let's say (laughs) right so like Denis Villeneuve taking over Blade Runner J.J. Abrams taking over Star Wars like someone else can take over for Steven Spielberg for Indiana Jones right yeah um, which you know we can get into this later, obviously. But uh, I, you know James Mangold, I think the director and, and writer of Logan would be a great if they're gonna ha- if they have to do this movie, which you would assume will also be the swan song for Harrison Ford's character. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, you think that James Mangold would be pretty good for it? I throw him in the running, you know. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's Steven Spielberg's baby. He's not gonna let just like they're not gonna let anyone else play Indiana Jones for the time being. Yeah. Uh, they're not going to let anyone else direct him. Yeah, I don't know. I, I I've said over and over, and we, well, I'm sure we you know, we have two years now to talk about this as we get closer to July nineteenth, twenty nineteen. But uh, so I'm sure we'll we'll talk about it a lot more in depth. But uh, I am I couldn't be less enthused about this idea. I think it's yeah. You know, to me, this is like making another M- Michael Corleone movie. I mean, there's just no. I think that when they made Indiana Jones, they they set out to make it like James Bond, but it's not. It's not that kind of series, in my in my opinion. No, no. I mean, maybe at a time they had the chance to make it that series, but I mean, the movies is. I mean, there's just been too far of gaps in between right. everyone. It's it's, it's and it's no, and it's not. <laughs> it's it's not really a a character with depth. And that's no. fine. Like it's not supposed to be, really. Um, it's more about an adventure, and uh, I don't know. It just seems it seems silly. But what do I know? What do we know, Colin? I don't know much. Um, other quick news, uh, Colin. You watch The Wire? You ever watch The Wire? No. Um, Michael K. Williams, who plays Omar in The Wire, he's he has hopped on to the Han Solo movie. Um, 
which is cool because he's a fantastic actor. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's just a little bit of news. I'm excited for that. And then also, just sadly, I don't know if you if you watch a lot of TCM, Colin Turner classic movies. No, I don't have cable. Oh yes, you don't have cable. Well, you know, I guess I don't really watch it as much anymore. When I was in high school, I loved TCM. It was like where you would go for to to watch old movies because you, you know this was before on demand, kids. We didn't have mm-hmm. our we didn't we couldn't just go online and find any movie we want. So I watched a lot of TCM as a as a high schooler, and uh, and uh, TCM host and film historian Robert Osborne was always there to introduce every movie and give you every little detail and tidbit on each film. And Robert Osborne passed away this Saturday. No, yes, well, this past week. I'm not sure when. And uh, yeah, sad. He was 84 years old, so good life. And uh, just one of my favorite like film historians. Uh, he was the kind of guy you would like if he taught a, a film class. That's I would love to have been his student, kind of thing. Yeah, yeah. Um. So so. Uh, it's on to the next uh, way. The next wave of TCM uh, hosts, I guess. I don't know. They've got a few people that do it now. Um, but he was great. He used to do. Like, he used to great interviewer too. Look up Robert Osborne on YouTube. He's just the kind of guy who just seemed like he knew fucking everything about anything film Sweet. related. Yeah. Oh, check that out. So, uh, yeah. Oh shit. Oh. Hold on. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Oh, never mind. Okay. Um, so, Callan. Yes. Why don't we, uh, you were ready to go into our, our film of the week? Oh, I think so. think it's, so. I think so. I'm still emotionally picking myself up, I think. Yeah, it was a tough one. Um, the, our film of the week was Logan, the uh, the, the last uh, Wolverine movie for Hugh Jackman. Uh, brought to you by 20th Century Fox. So just to, everyone needs a reminder of this, I feel like, every now and then. This has nothing to do with the Avengers movies. This is their own thing. So you've got DC that does all the... Warner Brothers that does all the DC movies. You've got Disney that owns Iron Man and Captain America and Thor and Hulk and all that stuff. But then 20th Century Fox has the rights to... Uh, the exclusive rights to the X-Men which is specifically, it's a Marvel property, but it's these guys. So they're their own movies. And we saw last year when we did uh, uh, Deadpool that the 20th Century Fox is kind of leading the way in this this way more adult version of comic book movies. Yeah. And the dichotomy is, is just thick. I mean, Deadpool was the silliest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> and Logan... Logan, I mean, we'll, we'll get into it, but Logan, I mean, you feel this way too, I think, was one of the most depressing movies I've seen in a long time. Oh, yeah. Like, all around super depressing. Yep. Which is, which is funny, you know, I, I, I gave a lot of crap to Manchester by the Sea for being kind of relentlessly melodramatic, but, I mean, I don't know if it's just because it's a superhero movie or it was a more linear structural story for me. But I enjoyed it way more in this movie. Um, so let's get into it. Logan, directed by James Mangold, who... Let's talk about James Mangold, Colin. He did The Wolverine. Have you seen The Wolverine? No, and this is what I was going to say. I I haven't seen The Wolverine. I haven't seen... Wasn't there another one? Two? So there was, yeah, there's three single Wolverine movies. There's X-Men Origins Wolverine, which is terrible. Don't watch it. Okay. 
there's the Wolverine. Okay. Uh, which is good. I actually, if you if you guys like Logan, check out the Wolverine, which is also directed by James Mangold. The Wolverine is just look. It, it's just less. You know, it's not R-rated, and it was trying to fit into the universe, which Logan doesn't really do. Um, so it's it kind of suffers because of that, but it's still good. Like, if you like Hugh Jackman being Wolverine, watch The Wolverine. Okay. James Mangold also did uh, 310 to Yuma. Have you seen that? Yes. I, I have not, but... Oh, well, that explains some, some stuff. And you know what it also does? James Mangold directed Walk the Line. Oh, oh. <laughs> and... There's a bit of Johnny Cash in this movie, and I don't just mean the music. I mean, <laughs> yeah, there there is that, like the look and the feel, and like his attitude is like it's pretty awesome. How it seems like that kind of seeped into this movie a little bit. Oh, interesting. Yeah. Um, written by Scott Frank as well, who wrote The Wolverine. He also wrote Minority Report and Get Shorty. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's no slouches here. These guys have done amazing work before. So no one should be surprised if, if this movie wowed you. Um, also, I just want to say, Scott Frank also directed Out of Sight. Have you ever seen that? No, no. Uh, it's a uh, um, uh, George Clooney movie that actually takes place in Detroit. They shot in Detroit. Uh, is that with um, Jennifer Lopez, too? Yes. Yes. Okay. That's kind okay. of like uh um what's his face? I don't know. Um <laughs> hold on. <laughs> I don't know what you're getting at here. I'm getting at the fact that it's the precursor to Ocean's Eleven, basically. It's it's very Ocean's Eleven and it's Steven Soderbergh and uh, Um It's also interesting, it's an Elmore Leonard novel. I didn't realize so Elmore Leonard also wrote Get Shorty, Elmore Leonard's from Detroit, Out of Sight takes place in Detroit. Anyways, a lot of Detroit stuff going on with Scott and Frank's movies. Um, okay. Anyways, Logan. Um, takes place in a, in, a, in a world where the X-Men are basically gone. and uh, uh, Mutants look, are basically gone. Yeah, mutants are gone. And they're created, they're, they're, the people that also got rid of them are trying to recreate them to use them as weapons. And you have these kids that, that exist that are going to be mutants. And one of them was taken from the DNA of, of Wolverine. And uh, he is trying to get that child to safety. It's basically the movie, right? He's, he's trying to go across the, the country to get to the Canadian border to save this person who's effectively his kid. Mm-hmm. Right? Yes. Great. That's Logan. Colin, what were your initial thoughts? Um, well, going into it as someone who has not seen either of the previous standalone um, Wolverine films, uh, I was a little nervous going into it that I might not get everything. Um, and I'm only familiar with Wolverine and through the X-Men, like the X-Men movies. Right. Like the original three. And then I saw two of the... Um, more recent ones. I didn't never saw Apocalypse. Me neither, actually. But and, yeah, yeah, I don't think anyone did. <laughs> um, <laughs> but um, so I was nervous going into it. Um, as what should I expect? And not knowing what to expect, I still didn't expect what I got. Uh, this was so so different from almost any superhero movie. 
I saw it and I hesitate to even call it a superhero movie um, just because there's so much um, themes of Western in here and uh, um, just a, a, a drama that just so happens to have, you know, superheroes in it. Uh, kind of like how I was saying with Arrival is a drama that just happens to have some aliens going on in it. Right. But this it this movie that's a good comparison blew my blew my socks off um it's it's a long movie but i was in it like i i saw it early yesterday and there was only a handful of people in the theater and there was a good stretch of like 30 minutes where i forgot that i was in a theater and i was just in this movie and um i give a lot of credit to um, not only the performances, but just everything about this movie kind of just worked for me. Um, a very um, atmospheric score, um, mm-hmm. a, a really definitive look to the movie, this kind of future, future, almost like Trump's America future. Like I got some of that vibe from it. Yeah, um, we'll, we'll get into that. Yeah, it, it's... Um, it, it's a it's a really great movie and really different. I I don't know if a lot of you know superhero fan people will respond as positively to it as I am right now. But as someone who harps on superhero movies and in franchise films, um, this was uh, so so ple- pleasant and um, a, a real nice thing to watch. Yeah, I um I feel like I look like I think a lot of what you were saying I agree with Eric. I will touch on really quickly about how you know it's a two hours seventeen minute movie, and it is we I said before it's like relentlessly depressing. Like it just over and over it just gets sadder and darker, and it's like it's it it is an it is an emotional. It's not a roller coaster because it really only goes down. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, it it uh, it just it. it it's a really slow burn, but I've not, I have not felt emotionally actually really since moonlight, which wasn't depressing like this, but it felt engaging like that. Honestly, it felt like you, like you're saying, like you forget it that you're in a movie theater and that you are just in this world. I felt that way with moonlight. Um, you know, and that's hard for me because it's hard. It's really hard for me to take myself out of the fact that this is a movie and there's a production office and there's sets and there's base. Like it's hard for me to get away from that. But this movie, like you're saying really, took you into the universe mm-hmm. um and uh, yeah just a, like a beautiful story i mean you know in ways predictable but that's fine like i don't think there's anything wrong with that and in ways i actually think um is very super heroic um not in aesthetic but in story structure and uh honestly when it, especially especially when it comes to the character of wolverine um, I think superhero fans will do will and have been responding well to this movie as a superhero movie because it, it this feels like a comic book honestly it feels like it, it feels like those look if you read Wolverine comic books they are this sad and depressing and then this is how the character is supposed to be um, nice. so they really did take it to heart and I think that hats off to everyone in this movie uh, everyone it, this is going to be hard to beat in, in 2017, honestly, for the first few months. Like, it's hard, gonna, it's hard to, gonna be, it's gonna be hard for other movies to stack up to this. Now, I haven't seen Get Out yet, and I really want to see Get Out, but mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. if this is any indication, we're, we're up for a good year. 
Well, that's what I was. I those are the only two move 2017 releases I've seen, and both of them have been fantastic. So I'm that's like, okay, awesome. yeah, great. <laughs> um, let's talk about it. it's an R-rated movie. Um, let's talk about yeah. that for a little bit, and and not and in my opinion too on this has been that not only for a superhero movie. But for any movie, this felt ridiculously violent and hard to watch at points. Um, yeah. Did you not feel like uh, there's something like like you know you know a movie like Hacksaw Ridge again, which I didn't see, which I heard was really violent. I mean, there's a difference for me, and I think that like in literature, it's always been this way too. That like um, you know, there's nothing personal about shooting someone across a battlefield, mm-hmm. but when you <laughs> When your only source of defense and and violence, as it is for Wolverine and and Laura in this film, the, the child, is to stab them with your hands, <laughs> <laughs> it's ridiculously personal violence. Did you feel that it was? That were you looking away at all, or did you? Were you cool with it? I mean, I was fine with it, mostly because I think in my head I'm justifying to myself. Oh, these are the people who like kidnapped and tortured children. So I'm okay with that. Yeah, I mean, I'm not, I'm not looking at, it, but see, I, I guess I didn't see it as from a, a judgmental moral standpoint or anything like that. I just it felt like a slasher film to me in a lot of ways. Like they are literally slashing, but they're also just tearing skin open left and right. And it was at some points it was like, ugh, I had to like look away. It yeah. felt painful, I guess. Yeah, especially when you get like scenes where it's in. Um, one in particular in a hotel room when everything's kind of slowed down and you get really slow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That was, I think that was the moments. Those are the, especially the moments where I was looking yeah. away. Um, what did you think else about it? Like the, the R rating and how it was used and you know, how, how did you think that affected? Like, could you see this movie being PG 13 and being the same movie? Um, as far as the violence goes, I think I could see it being PG-13. The one thing that I noticed and that I think felt so right was the swearing, actually. Yeah. Hearing Logan, the character Logan, say these words and like really like have the you feel like he's really feeling these words and saying, you know, fuck and shit. It it worked for me. And same thing with hearing Patrick Stewart say it oh, too. Yeah. Yeah. The, something about their both of their language just seemed without the swearing, it wouldn't seem real or genuine to me. Um so I could I, I could I could have dealt with less violence and I, I think it would have been, you know, fine had the movie not been violence, but you definitely need the R rating to get that type of language that they're using. Um I agree and I do to, think yeah, I agree that it's also important. I mean, just these are just such a dire situations, and it's effectively a post-apocalyptic world for the mutants. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, I always feel like, and I, I loved the first three seasons of Walking Dead, but I always felt, you know, these people are in a zombie apocalypse, and they don't once say the F word. Like, that <laughs> That to me is, like, it's almost enough to bring you out of it. Yeah, <laughs> Especially since yeah. the, the comic books in The Walking Dead are extremely vulgar. Um so yeah, I'm glad that that they took a stand. Part of me, I'm saying they took a stand to, to be R-rated and say fuck it to because I also I do think I 100% believe this. You know, the movie did it did well this weekend, but if it was PG-13, it would have done way better. There's no question yeah. in my mind. And I I have to admire them for just wanting to go out there and make a, the best film they could make rather than make the most money. 
Um, and that's why I bring up the R rating because also, you know, you, you said you were worried you wouldn't know what was going on and that, you know, you haven't seen the other movies and you don't know what to expect. Mm-hmm. You know, effectively, and you correct me if you feel I'm wrong with this, and I think they've almost come out and said this, but this movie doesn't connect to a larger universe, really. Like... Mm-hmm. No, I mean I don't I don't think so at least. No, like like they went and said screw, you know, the cinematic universe of X-Men. Let's just go out there and make the best story possible we can make for Wolverine. There was a, a little blog in Screen Crush today about um that I thought was really interesting that this is this movie is like the argument against what Marvel's doing, against what DC is doing. Like even against what the X-Men as a series have been doing, which is try to interconnect all the all the movies and stuff. Whereas this movie said, screw it all. Like, we're here to make a fantastic film. Mm-hmm. Um, and part of, part of that is, you know, the R rating and stuff. Um, which really kind of goes away from the... the consistency of the character, I guess, earlier on in the series. Yeah, I mean, I... I guess I, I to go along with that point, I'm thinking about, you know, all the superhero movies that have worked for me, and, you know, the I mean I well I can enjoy things like Doctor Strange, and I think you know that's the ones that like I think transcend the uh, genre for me are the ones that aren't you know burdened by having to tie things together with the other movies. Right. Right, and I, you know, I've been one who, you know, I, I love the the Marvel Cinematic Universe, but, you know, I I can agree too that like I don't think that's for everyone. Like I don't think every franchise should start to do this, and I think that you see, you see the negative effects of that in something like Batman versus Superman. Yeah, um, yeah. Which which wanted to be which wanted to be this kind of movie. I think it wanted to be dark and it wanted to be messed up, and kind of lost its track because it was trying to connect a whole series of films. Mm-hmm. Um, so I think Logan is going to, I will talk, I will talk about the effect of this movie at the end of, the, of our discussion, but yeah, I think that it's going to have a, a pretty big effect on the genre. Do you think, um, Callan, do you think there was like a Mad Max effect to this movie? Like, do you think, did you see it? Did you feel it? I mean, even in story where like they have to get a, a woman basically from, point a to point b before the end of the movie like did did you or you know or aesthetically did you did you see it or or is that just overblown um i mean it's a little there but i think both you know mad max and logan borrow from the themes of western right right where you know the outlaw has to transport someone across you know the the country or something yeah right so i I don't think that's like an exclusive mad max thing but i mean as far as you know the chase and everything i mean maybe maybe a little bit and the fact that it's in cars and not horses right that's yeah i guess that's kind of where i'm like there's a lot of there's a lot of driving yeah (laughs) i mean i guess which there has to be but uh, it's not planes trains and automobiles because that would be kind of weird um what did you think about all the performances in this film you know, it's Hugh Jackman and and uh, Patrick Stewart's last time in these roles. I mean, what? But you know, more than that, what did you think of everyone in this in this movie? I mean, is it too early to say Hugh Jackman's my front runner for best actor? Wow, really? I think. See, I, I I don't know if this is you know just nostalgia for me that it's 
you know, X, the first X-Men movie might have been like the first superhero movie I like really remember seeing. And Hugh Jackman was in that. And now he's in this one. It's kind of like his send off movie. And so I don't know if it was the nostalgia, but he is so perfect um, in this role. Uh, It's it's he is he I will never think of anyone else but Hugh Jackman when I think of Wolverine. And yeah, I almost think they can't do it again. Like, I really I really don't. No, he is the best at like I I just it would be so stupid if they do and I think I think that's what you know they were getting at with this with the ending of this movie but right. he he blew my socks away and I knew he was he's great when I I've, I've seen him you know in, in Les Miserables he's fantastic I've seen him act you know well before and it's it just he's so good and I mean I thought Patrick Stewart was unbelievable as well um yeah i so i I guess just on your point first of all hugh jackman amazing absolutely amazing i mean and the the fact that this guy who doesn't fucking age and who (laughs) works out like a goddamn nfl linebacker like you you watch his instagram and shit it's unbelievable how fit he is and and to make to act like he is falling apart, like that took a lot because it's hard to believe that. You know what I mean? Like we talked a little, about a little bit about this in Creed, where it was like Sylvester Stallone, like kind of looks like like how he did a great job because he was like acting frail and he's not. But this was like to the next level. Yeah. Um. You know, also because Hugh Jackman's younger and he's more fit and like he just acted even way worse. Like he's on, you know, as if he's on drugs and has broken bones and is poisoned all at once and depressed and old. Like it was amazing. Like he was just like the movie was relentlessly making you feel shitty. You felt it wearing on him too. And so it is amazing. And I, I look, I agree with like if he got nominated and it's way too goddamn early to start talking about this, but if he did, (laughs) I wouldn't be against it. But I actually thought like I watched this movie and I was like, I think they might, I think Patrick Stewart has a better shot. At, at best supporting actor, yeah, right. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all for that too, and I was thinking the exact same thing. I'm like, yeah, I'm I'm, I'm throwing his name in there too for consideration. He was amazing. He was absolutely amazing. Yeah, yeah. And, su- I, and, su- and such a sad character. Yeah, uh, Charles Xavier in this movie. I mean, basically, they're they're implying like, you know, he's got a brain. He's got the strongest brain in the world, right? Yep. And they're implying that he's got dementia. Uh huh. I mean, holy fuck! That is that's sad. That is like ridiculously sad. Yeah, I, don't know. I, I couldn't. It made that made me uncomfortable. The whole movie, his performance. Mm-hmm. He's yeah, he's great. He's great. Um, and then and then Stephen Merchant as Caliban, the the who'd, albino. Who'd have thought? Yeah, dude, someone needs an award for that casting. That is unbelievable casting like he was perfect yeah i i i saw his uh name in the titles and i and i was like oh yeah he's gonna be like the funny comedic relief guy no oh no oh no (laughs) not at all um i loved that character and i loved his ending like it was so good and then of course we've got newcomer daphne keen who played laura Mm-hmm. Who doesn't talk for most of the film, but 
you know, in my even when she's sitting there eating cereal, uh, she's killing it. Yeah, uh, I was absolutely blown away by her. Um, which seems to be the thing, right? To do now, like kids and in, in, in adult movies, like is that kind of what like you like Stranger Things and Eleven and like the new Predator movie reportedly has like a, a kid lead. Um, you know, you had Hannah a few years ago. Uh, is this a weird trend going on? Do you think? I don't know. And do you uh, hate? Do you hate it? I don't know. Like I feel like some people are like, this is kind of getting old. I, I mean, I never really thought about it before, so I guess it's not getting old to me. But um, I, I definitely saw like the resemblance between this character and Eleven from Stranger Things. Right. They don't but, talk. They're all powerful. Um, yeah, yeah. But I mean, if you're going to ask me if I'm mad over that we're getting these really strong, badass, young female characters, no, I'm not. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, I'm not either. I, I mean, I just I've I've seen some people kind of complain about it, but or at mm-hmm. least take note of it. Um. What did you, uh, you, you brought up a little earlier, uh, some things in this movie that felt topical to you? Um, yeah. Um, what do you think? What are you a little more about? Learn a little more on that. I'm curious to hear what you think. I, with, um, there's a lot of, um, border talk. There's a lot of border talk. (laughs) A lot of border talk and getting over, um, walls, <laughs> but um, more so, more so than to just the idea of mutants and like, you know, wanting to get them out and um, not have them around, like, was it felt pretty topical to me. And you know, you can interpret that in a lot of different ways, which I like. You kind of can assign your own, you know minority or orientation to mutants and this is what i've always liked about x-men too right yeah right me too yeah i mean it kind of fits it kind of fits you know whether straight or gay black white latina muslim and can kind of assign that as like a catch-all for mutant and it works right and I, i i hesitate especially because you know they shot this well before you know, I mean, they shot this a year ago, so yeah, probably yeah. or maybe even longer th- ago than that. So like, this, it, it, there's, you know, in, an intention doesn't to me doesn't mean much, anyways. But you know, it's not like they're trying to make a huge statement here. Um, but y- you know, you can connect the dots to things that are going on right now. And and like you're saying, the thing that I've always loved about X Men in the comic books and in the film series is that what you're saying is that you can you can apply it to any minority. Um, you know, oppression situation that's going on at the time. Um, mm-hmm. You know, the, earlier on, the, you know, when they started out with these films, there, there was a lot of talk about, from Brian Singer and Ian McKellen, and, uh, yeah. uh, you know, about, the, it is very much supposed to be about homophobia, like back in, when they were making these back in the day. Um, and now, yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you, you can kind of just apply it to whatever is going on, because it is... It sucks, but like oppression against people that people are afraid of is a timeless story. Yeah, <laughs> like it just kind of goes along as things go on, and um, yeah, I guess that's another reason that I felt very emotional about this film. I don't know if you were, you know, feeling that way too, but it is—it's pretty amazing how 
uh, in this movie, it's not that everyone's, you know, running from Mexico to get to the United States. Everyone's running from the United States to get yeah. to Canada. Yeah. Uh, also, too, I mean, we have these, our, our villains are, I mean, they never, I don't think they ever really define what they are, but they seemed like they were like government police. Yeah, I mean, yeah, they're like ice agents. Right. Yeah, yeah, exactly. That's what I was getting at. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it was, it was like, but it's so it's it's crazy to me that like, there's no way they intended to do that. No, but but no. that you know, kind of like a rival. Like a rival didn't mean to be this, like, to be so topical about you know, interconnectedness and like globalization. You know what I mean? But it, then the day after the election, it's like, oh well, <laughs> <laughs> it just takes on a whole new meaning. Yeah. What else? What else with the, the any any other thematic themes that you were you really got got to you or felt uh, relevant to you? Um, I'm trying to think here. Um, I mean, I definitely want to. I want to see it again. Um, to try to pick up on any other other things. Um, I was kind of it, like I, said, I kind of watched it with this. Tran, like not tran, transcendent. That's not the right word for it. But like this filter of like just kind of amazement that what I was seeing that like I <laughs> yeah that it was that it was so different. Like that that I I I, I kind of I need to see it again to to look at it maybe more critically. I agree. Um, let's get into some spoilers. Uh, well, what were your what were your favorite parts of it? I guess or like your favorite scene. I liked everything that was done, um, at the the ranch house. Uh, I, it's bothering me that I don't know their characters' names, but when they help the family that uh, all the horses mm-hmm. escape, and then they go back, and you know Char- Charles is like, you know, this is what it could could be like right uh, all, all those none of the action scenes like I mean I think they're, they're good action scenes um, but it was these quieter moments that were you know revolved around you know the characters doing some reflection about their past actions or where mm. they are currently that those are all were all the scenes that really got to me um, and that one on the on the farm um, was definitely a standout for me um, I tell you just one moment that like really got me was, uh, when Wolverine tells Laura that, uh, anyone, anyone he ever cared for got hurt and Laura goes, then I should be fine. Mm, right. Holy shit. What? A- <laughs> that moment was like, oh, oh, kill me. Um, like. And that's the saddest part of the movie for me. And I blogged a little bit about this, but um, that like that's true for Wolverine, who is like basically uh, invulnerable. So like he live, he's gonna, you know, earlier on that he's gonna outlive all his friends, but mm-hmm. you don't realize like it's sadder knowing that he outlived all his friends, not because of because he lived longer than them from old age, but because society didn't want them anymore. Like. Uh-huh. That's twice as sad as it should be for Wolverine. 
And, like, that kills me. And I love, obviously, this is a spoiler. Spoiler. But I love that, like, you know, at the end of this movie here, that isn't always true, right? That the, the, He does find someone he cares about who he doesn't get to see uh, get hurt. And that's Laura. Yeah. And, yeah. you know, and the only way that he can ensure that that stays true and is realized is that if he doesn't live, <laughs> honestly. Mm-hmm. And, yeah. uh... Fuck, it's so sad. Wow. <laughs> uh, and I mean, uh, that's why I, his last line, like, kicks me right in the balls. Like, when he when he says, you know, oh, that's what it feels like. Like, you can attribute, like, oh, that's what it feels like to so many things about his life. Like, oh, that's what dying feels like. Oh, this is what it feels like to, you know, have someone who cares. Oh, this is what it means to outlive, to have someone else outlive you. There's so many aspects to that last line yeah and when he when he says that i lost it (laughs) right and i i think that you know the literal interpretation is is that this is what it feels like to die yeah yeah um but you know the, the if i had to choose one after 17 years of watching this character what i like to think is he's saying this is what it feels like to be a hero Mm. You know, to actually help people, because a lot of what he says in this movie, and they, there's this like, there's a lot about this movie Shane, uh, those western that she watches, that is about, and he tries to tell Laura like, look, killing is killing, and I have to, I've had to live with sins my whole life that I really never have gotten over, and uh, you know, it's like in that last moment, this is what it feels like to be a hero. This is what it feels like to have all that stuff kind of be worth it. Um, yeah. It's pretty, pretty fucking awesome and powerful. Mm-hmm. God damn. And then she she takes the cross and she turns into an X. Oh. <laughs> oh come on. I was dying. Come I on. was dying. And, and like I said, there was not a lot of people in my theater. There were people audibly sobbing. Really? Like, like I could hear it. And... The, that even made me start crying more. <laughs> so you you were you were crying. You were like legit on legit full on crying. Yeah, like to the point where like it was almost I almost like wept out loud. <laughs> yes. And was it was it the uh it it was the that was the line that got you, the uh this is what it feels yeah. like? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I didn't cry, but I did walk out of the theater feeling like I had been at a funeral. Like it was weird. I felt like my face was kind of swollen and like, yeah, it's crazy. I haven't felt that way in a superhero movie. Maybe, I actually didn't leave the ever. theater right away because I didn't want people to see me with my eyes really red. <laughs> They're like, what did you just walk out of lion? You're like, no Logan. <laughs> Logan. <laughs> but you know, I think a lot of people are having that response to this movie. Yeah. I mean, and I, like, I, I don't, like I said, I don't know if it's was 100% everything that was happening in the movie or if it was, this is Hugh Jackman's last, um, like last showing as Wolverine. It was like a really good send off for him. And it was like emotionally because I will never see him do this again. Yeah. No, I think there's a ton of that. Absolutely. I mean, the same way that spoilers, Star Wars, you know, when Han Solo dies, it's this, it's a similar um, 
you know, you're not just dying because, or you're not, you're not just crying or getting emotional at least because the character is dying, but you're like, okay, you know, it's been 30 years of this and now it's done. Um, yeah. Same with Hugh Jackman. Um, on that note, I mean, do you think, and we're talking about the Indiana Jones movie that's coming and, you know, you've got, you know, Luke Skywalker's last films that are coming. I mean, do you think, you think there's going to be an effect here? Like, were people going to try to one-up this kind of thing? Like, is, is every... Like, you know, he didn't have to die in this movie like this, but it, do you think that now movies are going to start doing this shit? Like, Tony Stark's last movie in five years? I mean, is this going to be, like... What's the Logan effect going to be, if anything? No, that's that's interesting to think about. I mean, I don't, I don't know. Like... To me, I I don't know if it will be able to top what this is because at least for my like, and I can understand how it's, uh, it will be different for different generations. But like, when you talk about Han Solo going, like while while I did find that sad, it was like Han Solo hadn't been in a movie for right however however many years. Right. Hugh Hugh Jackman's been Wolverine, you know, every three years for mm-hmm. like the for my lifetime or something. Yeah. No, that's true. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm sure people younger than me might have that same reaction if they do one with Tony Stark going out like that. Yeah. See, I can, I think that's a good example too. Tony Stark is a, and also because obviously like Disney already has another person lined up to play Han Solo, you know, uh, three years, it'll be, it'll be three years after he died on screen. Um, you know, you don't sense that they're going to do that with Log- with with Wolverine. I don't feel like Marvel will ever be ready to replace Tony Stark. I mean, no, you no. know, so yeah, it'll be interesting. I guess, yeah, you know, as we go on here, it'll be interesting to see how they end. You know, you feel like Disney Marvel won't have the balls to, to kill off Tony Stark like this. Um or especially the balls, and and I would love to see this, and not just not just to replicate this movie with with Robert Downey Jr., but I would love to see an R-rated version of, of Iron Man. I mean, that it, the character's goofy, kind of, but he's also really like there's a there's a comic book series called Devil in a Bottle that's about Tony Stark being an alcoholic, like. Mm his character is more like that than than Disney has made him out to be. And I, I you just never, I don't know. You wonder if, if as they get closer to the end for, for Robert Downey Jr., I don't know, maybe they will do something kind of, you know, the twilight of his life kind of movie. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. Maybe they shouldn't, but uh, I, I'm interested to see how this is going to affect that universe. Yeah. Um, I, I hope more so this affects you know, the idea that of franchising and spinoffs, I mean, while this is part of a series, it was its own contained story. Right. And, right. Um, I, I hope it, I hope it more has an effect on, on that way that people realize the best superhero movies are, you know, have their own dramatic, center to them or, or, or whatnot. Right. And I think it will. I think that I think a lot of people are who are, you know, trying to compete with Marvel basically, which is, you know, DC and, and even the, you know, movies like the other X-Men movies and other things that they've been trying to put into the, into the pipeline from 20th century Fox. Um, I think you, yeah, I think you will see this, this kind of reaction to, 
stray away from the uh, the universe style, mm-hmm. you know, the television style uh, filmmaking that they really have got going. Yeah, um, yeah. We'll we'll see. Um, one more question. I have a question for you. Do you want to, and do you think, especially since we agree they're not gonna they're not gonna jump to the opportunity to recast Wolverine. Do you think that uh, we're going to see a series of films starring Laura and, uh, you know, or X-23? Like, do you think that now they're going to go off into the future and see what happens to this new group of X-Men? I I do. I don't think we'll get that anytime soon, okay. though. Are you, is, that um, some, is that something you're excited about? Or, or do you think that that's going to just completely, you know... Uh, like not ruin, but it's it's gonna undermine what you just said that this should be a single movie. Um, no, because I th- w- one thing that I mean, I thought Logan did set up you know potentials for sequels with introducing this whole group of really young people. Yeah, <laughs> that all have powers that are the same powers as, from the same. Right. <laughs> so I mean, I I. I so I think they have the opportunity to start new with these characters, but I, like, I, I really don't think it will be anytime soon. And I, I think you, they would cast all different actors as well, like older. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, probably, but maybe not her. Like I think, I don't know. It depends what she. I guess tur- depends. Turns yeah. into turns into you know ten years from now. <laughs> right. Right. Um, what else, Colin? What, what are your thoughts? Any, any other thoughts on Logan? I, I mean, I, I don't know if I'm caught up in the, the emotion of it, but I I would put this in my top five superhero movies I, I've ever seen. Yeah, and, and similarly, I'm apprehensive to make that sort of judgment uh, four days after seeing it, but... Um, but, and, and let me also just let me also say that like I fucking love Marvel and I love the Chris Nolan Batman movies like they are all to me perfection but when 20th Century Fox does this right it's always so good like I love X-Men First Class and I love Days of Future Past like I think those are brilliant movies and uh, Logan is is the same thing for me. Like I, it is, and they all feel different. I mean, honestly, I don't know. I, I, I guess my point is, if I made a top five superhero uh, list right now, like like first class and Logan might make it into there, which is Whoa. crazy. <laughs> um, so uh, yeah, I, I'm I'm with you, but again, I'm apprehensive to make that sort of judgment so soon after especially since you know we are caught up in the uh, emotion of it all yeah yeah uh, I, tr- I try to keep mine to one superhero but I did my top five <laughs> <laughs> to what like to one franchise film <laughs> I'd like to see your top I mean my, my inclination is to say okay Superman Dark Knight like the original Superman Dark Knight Iron Man Logan like as far as like if you take into consideration the effect that they did and all that shit, like I would, that that's an easy list for me to make, but I would have to put more thought into it than that. But oh, I have mine very easy. I, I got mine very easily. I, th- I think at least. Can I, can I guess? Yeah, please. 
Okay, Dark Knight for sure. Yeah, that's in there. So Logan, there's two. Uh huh. Um, Spider Man two. Yeah, yeah. Really? The second yep. one. Okay. Yep. Um. The Avengers? No, no. I don't think any Marvels. I, see, I, I was, I'm trying to think of a Marvel one that you would put in this. So no, no. okay. No. Um. Uh, Michael Keaton Batman. Uh, yes, but Batman Returns. Really? With Michelle Pfeiffer. I know? like that. Yeah, yeah. That's a dark yeah. movie, man. That oh, is, I know. <laughs> seriously, people, I, when people are like, "Oh, Chris Nolan was the first person to make a, a Batman movie dark," it's just bullshit. Um, he was the first person to make it practical, but dark. Watch yeah. Batman. Batman Returns is still the most messed up superhero movie. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> it's, it's really bizarre. <laughs> He wants to like steal all the babies. <laughs> yeah, it's so crazy. Um, right, what's your fifth? What's your fifth one? You you would never get it. It's the it's the Incredibles. Oh yeah yeah yeah. That doesn't count. Yes, it does. That's a superhero movie. Yeah, well, yeah. adaptation of a comic book character. Should limit it to that. Maybe. But you're right. No, it's clearly a, a movie about superheroes. Um. Yeah, and so it's it's safe to say you recommend this movie. I do, yes. Um, any other? Th- I do too, as well. Obviously, like as we said before, if this is an indication about what 2017 has to offer, then I'm excited. I mean, it's crazy. We had, we had Get Out, we have uh, Logan, uh, Kong's the Skull Islands coming out this weekend. Oh, um, well, this is what I want to say too. Like, it seemed like blockbuster season started very early this year. Yeah, there's, there's no, there's no stopping it. I mean, I think Deadpool kind of changed that model last year because that came out in February. February. Yeah. And I think that people are saying now. I mean, really, honestly, what does it matter if you have a blockbuster movie? Yeah. Re- release it. You know, I don't think it matters really what what year what what month it is anymore. Um, I mean, seriously, if you think about it, really, it's like. You know, November you had Doctor Strange. December you had Rogue One. Uh, you know, Get Out wasn't supposed to be a, a blockbuster movie, but it kind of was. And now you got Wolverine. You have Kong. You've got uh, Beauty and the Beast, and then you've got Power Rangers. Like it's crazy. Every weekend is going to be a, a battle. Yeah. Um, which again, I have so much respect for these guys for doing an R-rated movie. You know, knowing they're going to go up against Kong, knowing they're going to go up against Beauty and the Beast and Power Rangers. Like, you know, it takes some guts to to do that. Yeah, I mean, yeah, you're going up against uh, gay Disney. So gay, gay Disney. <laughs> <laughs> well, we're gonna. I can't wait to get into that. Um, <sighs> We'll, we'll I, have we'll have to I be was, the judge. How gay is it? That's what matters. <laughs> I I was at a place. So when I was in high school, and Kayla and I were in high school. We did Beauty and the Beast, uh, my junior year, and right. I played I you played Le- Lafou. Right. So I I've been like muddling around with like should I make a Facebook status about it? <laughs> it would it would be something like this is so old news. I played Lafou gay before anyone played Lafou gay. <laughs> <laughs> You, well, you should at some point. <laughs> I probably will. Uh, that's that's good. But yeah, we'll get into that, which is in two weeks. Uh, Beauty and the Beast. Yeah, I'll begrudgingly watch that movie. Oh, you're gonna love it. I bet I won't. 
<laughs> you, you know, you always you decide before you see them. I do. I do. Um. All right. So is that is that it for Logan? Yeah, it's it's a really really fantastic um, I think special movie and it, and a great great send off to um characters people our age grew up with. So um, highly recommend it. Yeah. Um, I can't wait to see it again. Really. Yeah. Yeah. And um, interested to, interested to hear what Mitch thinks about it all. And I do want to I want to watch Shane. I want to watch the the western that's that's referenced in this movie. Yeah, um, I, I I was not familiar with that. Yeah, I wasn't either. I mean, I've I've heard of it, but I didn't really. I had to like watch clips from it afterwards to really understand it. Mm. Um, but yeah, yeah. Um, let's wrap it up. You, you got any recommendations this week? Um, no. God, what have I been watching? I mean, I, I haven't. I haven't really been watching much, to be honest with you, except the OC still. God, of course you did. I mean, <laughs> I've just been watching like the shows that are like currently aired like we're back i'm back to like my hbo groove where it's i have big little lies and girls i've Mm -hmm. I've gotten back into girls um john oliver um, oh yeah i've been watching a lot of john oliver so i'm I'm sure that there was something on amazon that i saw that uh i did want to mention because it was something that i want to um Recommend. I, I not recommend. I I haven't seen it yet, but I know a lot of people asked me about it and what it was. But on Amazon, uh, the movie Captain Fantastic is is on there, and that's the one that Viggo Mortensen was nominated right. for Best Actor. Right. For that one. So yeah, I want to watch that. So that's on there for anyone who is wondering what that Viggo Mortensen movie was. It is on Amazon. Cool. Cool. Um. I'm just gonna. I said it earlier, but uh, I'm just gonna recommend uh, the Wolverine, the uh, 2013 movie. Um, if if you liked this one, and you know, look, it's not it's not even close to as good as Logan, but it it has parts of it that will. If you know, it's a little darker, I guess. It's a little mm. more messed up of a of a Wolverine movie. Like they were, you could see them inching closer to this. And uh, mm. so yeah, if you like it, if you liked Logan and you haven't seen the Wolverine, I recommend it. Uh, it's oh. fun. It's good. I know why I haven't been watching anything on TV because I've been constantly playing Zelda. <laughs> so do, you didn't, you, you're just doing it on Wii U. Yeah. Yeah. Why would I buy a switch? Um, I don't know. I, I guess I would cause I don't have a Wii U. Um, well, quickly. Yeah. How's how, how is it? Zelda? Is it, is it everything everyone says it is? It's so different. Kale. It yeah. is so different. Like I was really apprehensive at first because it broke everything that I knew about Zelda, but uh, I can't stop playing it. <laughs> it's, that's awesome. Yeah, that's that's what I've heard. The world is so ridiculous. <laughs> it's so big. <laughs> like, that's awesome. It, it, it's it's everything I love about an open world game, where like you're like, okay, I'm gonna go hunker down and do this. Oh wait, what's that over there? <laughs> like five hours later, you're like, "What was I doing?" <laughs> See, that it seems like it will overwhelm me, but um, I am gonna play it at some point. Oh uh, yeah, it's 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 fantastic. There's I I love Skyward Sword, the one that was made for Wii. I loved that game, and I know a lot of people thought it was. And I think I think Colin, I think that's why they changed it up because a lot of people were like, "This is kind of more of the same." Yeah, um, I mean, I it was definitely in. Um, 
in need of a, a revamp. I just did not expect it was going to go closer to like a Skyrim feel rather than <laughs> something yeah, else. Yeah, it makes sense. And there's voice acting in this one, right? Yeah, that's actually one of the things I don't like about it. <laughs> yeah, you know, I, I, there was, I was disappointed to hear that that was true. Cause I would, I would like it if it was good voice acting. It's really bad. Oh, okay. It's, it's I just, really bad. I just like the idea that like sometimes games don't have to have voice acting. Like it's, it can be like a book. Like you, well, I don't know. And like, here's the thing too. Like it's still, it still has the subtitles, like, the subtitles and it's not voice acting all the time. Huh. They'll like voice act for two minutes and then you'll be in the same conversation and you have to. It goes back to not voice acting. <laughs> it's really weird. That is weird. Do they um, do they like you know how in Zelda usually you just type in your own name? Yeah. Um, does that happen in this, or do they reference the character as Link? No, you're you're Link. So there's no like it's not like Colin. No. Go and fetch the sword. No, no. I actually don't think you can even have like two uh, game files at one time. That's kind of bizarre. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's like a hundred plus hour game. <laughs> yeah. That's insane. Like, like even after you beat it, like there's still like stuff you can do a billion side quests you can do. Right. Well, that's a good game. And I'm, I'm glad to hear that it's hard too, because games are mm-hmm. so much, so much easier now than when I was a kid. Yeah. Um, and I'll just say too, really quick that I also, I started playing season three of telltale games, the Walking Dead, uh, Monday night and oh. uh, or Sunday night, and that it is really good. If you liked season one and were kind of disappointed by season two, even even though I I, I wasn't, but it wasn't as good. The, the episode one of season three of this video game, the serialized video game, um, was really 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 strong. Like great storytelling and a lot of oh shit moments that will make you. Fall in love with the uh, Walking Dead Telltale game series the same reason you liked the first season. Nice. So that's my uh, other recommendation. Try to play more video games, Colin. I'm trying to. Um, well, it's it's really great. And it, uh, it also, like, it surprisingly, like, saves me money. Like To play video games? Yeah. Like, yes, I have, like, the initial, like, spending on, like, a $60 game. Yeah, you gotta you got to type this out in a budget for me so that I can justify buying a Switch. Well, I I'll, I'll I'll tell you right now. I haven't gone out in three days. <laughs> <laughs> I haven't left the house in three days, Kale. <laughs> the the mixture of uh, playing Zelda and just crying into your pillow about Logan, <laughs> which is a... it's been a weird couple days here at the house. Got, got um... No reason to go out. <laughs> well, that means it's a good game, so I'm glad to hear that. Good for Nintendo. They need yeah. it. Yeah. Um. Awesome. Well, we will. Uh, I think we'll. You know, Kong maybe. And I also have to see Get Out. Yeah. So we'll, yeah. we'll hopefully cover both those movies in the coming weeks. Um, Colin, great to do this again with you over Skype. I'm sorry I can't see your face, uh, but I'm sure you're happy you can't see mine. And uh, <laughs> we will hopefully. I think Mitch will be back from the Middle East, and we can hear his thoughts on Logan, and and we'll we'll go on further with our our show and the. New films that are coming out, including Gabe, Beauty and the Beast. Um, yes. um, hit us up on Twitter at WoodwardsDT or shoot us an email at WoodwardsFilmCast at gmail.com. Uh, for Colin and on behalf of Mitch, I'm Kale. 
We'll see you uh, next time. Bye, guys. Bye.